Welcome to Truly Fit. Welcome to the Truly Fit Podcast, where we interview experts in fitness and health to expand our wisdom and wealth. I am your host, Steve Washuda, co-founder of Truly Fit and author of Fitness Business 101. On today's episode, it is just me. As a reminder, on Thursdays, it is me talking about something that is either trending in the fitness, health, business, personal training, or medical communities, something that I want to talk about because I touched on it with a guest and didn't get to expand on it, or maybe just a question that a listener wrote in I felt like answering. These are short episodes, 5 to 15 minutes. On Mondays are the interview episodes where I have somebody on who is an expert in fitness or health or the medical realms, and I interview them on one particular subject. We have some great episodes coming up. We just did one with the creator of the No Way app which was really interesting and good. And and that's sort of going to be the basis of my conversation today. I'm going to talk a little bit about dieting and how it sounds a lot of times on this podcast, it can sound like we're talking out of two sides of our mouth because I will have people on who talk about one thing and then someone else who comes on and talks about something else. And they both sort of disagree, but then I may have agreed with both of those people. And I want to explain kind of my ideology behind fitness and health and nutrition and why my ideology is essentially having no ideology. I've had people on this podcast come on to talk about intuitive eating. I've had people come on this podcast talking about uh, the keto diet. I've had people come on this podcast talking about why you shouldn't diet at all. Don't worry about the food you eat or the carnivore diet. And I will continue to have people on who have one particular ideology to talk about them to see how they're helping people because you can help people with one specific ideology. You can. I've watched it over and over. I've I've seen people be successful on the carnivore diet. I've seen people be successful on the vegan diet. I've seen people be successful on the keto diet. I've seen people be successful on intuitive eating. But the most important part about this is that we understand almost all diets in some sense can work. They just have to be tailored to the individual person. And we have to understand the concepts behind those diets and why they can be advantageous for a particular person, not just physiologically, but also from a psychological standpoint. So let me give you an example here. We have a friend who comes on the podcast. I think he's been on three or four times. He'll be on down the road too, Pat Darby. And I can tell, just Pat Pat and I are are friends from afar, but I can tell he's a very meticulous guy, right? He's a a tax specialist and a, a certified financial planner. This is somebody who knows numbers and he's very meticulous. So I'm sure Pat is somebody who probably records his macros. He knows how much protein he's getting in a day. He probably records his workouts and that's fine because that suits his personality and what is likely going to be best for him so that he can stick with whatever his plan is long term. Pat wouldn't be someone who could probably be successful with intuitive eating. Why? Because that doesn't work with his personality. He's not going to just fly by the seat of his pants and try to feel his body out. He wants to see metrics and numbers, and that's how he's going to stick with his diet. Ultimately, the only way you're going to be successful in anything is to keep doing it, right? No, no. Yeah, the only way you're going to be successful as a podcaster is to never quit and keep doing it. And what is going to keep you from not quitting? What is going to keep you on track? That is what you have to find in both the uh, health landscape from a, a nutrition standpoint and from the exercise standpoint. You have to find things that you enjoy and that fuse with your personality so that you can stick with them. They call it adherence in the in the medical jargon. How do you adhere to your program? I've talked about this before on the podcast. You know, people come on and talk about intuitive eating. Well, guess what? I intuitive eat. I've been intuitive eating for a long time, but I think it's a terrible diet for 98% of the planet. None of my clients intuitive eat. I wouldn't have any of them do it because you need to know your body so well and it takes so long to be able to do that for most people. Now, kind of teach them it in the background. Maybe it is fused with other diets that they have. 
But for them to do that is me asking way too much of them. Most of the people who push intuitive eating are registered dietitians, certified nutrition specialists, or you know housewives who just know their bodies and been and have been working on being healthy for twenty or thirty years. You can't have somebody intuitive eat who doesn't understand foods and doesn't understand their body. And that's most people. That's ninety eight percent of the population. So you know that's again, it's, it sounds uh, like I'm talking on two sides of my mouth. I intuitive eat, but I would never have anyone else do it. None of my clients do it because it's a terrible diet for majority of the population. You see these people who push these diets now. I can't think of this gentleman's name, but you know he's a big sort of carnivore guy. All he eats is um, meat and fruits. He's against uh, plants and vegetables. He says, you know, they're sprayed with too many pesticides. In addition to that, you know, plants are really, truly living things. They don't want to be eaten, but the fruit is what they sort of bloom in order for you to eat them. It's sort of their gift to you so you could eat the fruit, whatever. Okay, it works for him, yes, but, and it works for a lot of other people. This guy has helped uh, hundreds, if not thousands of people, but it works for individual types of people. It doesn't work for everybody. This guy is in his mid to late 40s, maybe even in his 50s now. He looks older, but maybe he just looks older because he tans too much. But he's probably somewhere between 45 and 52. He's in fantastic shape, but he's also on TRT. I know when someone's on TRT, I, I do this for a living, right? I, I, I know everything possible that a, a human can know about steroids. This guy is on TRT. He's on testosterone replacement therapy. No big deal. Most men in their 40s and 50s are now, or a lot of men are, especially men in the health industry now. Because he's on TRT, his body does not function the same way that, let's say, a 58-year-old woman who's post-menopause functions. He needs more protein, so he's, he has a lot of meats in his. He he can burn off the calories, the excess sugars from the fruit because he works out one to two times a day and he's very healthy. That's a great diet for him. It works. It works for a lot of people, and it's all whole foods. So yes, if you give somebody who's been eating pop tarts and pizza and be and sedentary all day long, if you now say, "Hey, eat steak and fruit and go go on walks," of course they're going to be healthier, right? It is a better version of the diet. Now, is it the most optimal? I don't know. If they can stick with it, sure. Right, because that's it's adherence to the diet is the most important. Could there have been a better diet for them? Maybe, if they had a really good coach or teacher that found another diet for them that that uh, that was just vegetables, fruits, and lean meats instead of uh, what this guy's eating. Could could they have been successful? Maybe, yeah. So th- there isn't always one path, but there are certainly better paths for people based upon their their personalities. It could be their finances, what sort of foods they can afford. Uh, their <clears throat> their propensity to uh, enjoy exercise. There is this catching point. I've had Dr. Prologo on this. He was an obesity medicine specialist and uh, dual board certified in interventional radiology. And he talked about that catching point. He wrote the book. He coined that phrase. It's that aha moment where you know exercise and nutrition just start to become easy. It's three, four months in and you push through. And now you not only do you uh, not only is it easy, you enjoy it, you love it, you need it. You wake up every day thinking about exercise. But for some people, that doesn't always come, or at least not to the same extent. Yeah, maybe they enjoy it more, but they don't absolutely love it. So for them, it's important that they find individual exercise routines that they're more likely to do, that they're more likely to enjoy, because they don't enjoy lifting or, or whatever the other exercises are that they've been introduced to. So again, so to sort of wrap this all up, I don't have a particular ideology. Thousands, but certainly thousands of clients and over tens of thousands of hours with these clients in both the nutritional realm and the fitness realm. And if you are somebody who does this as a personal trainer, as a, as a nutritional advisor of any sort, we have to understand that there, there isn't one diet type that necessarily will work for everybody. Everyone's body is different. 
Our hormones are different. Our ages are different. Our goals are different. Our metabolism is different. All of these things vary, right? We have health histories that are different. All these things should be factored in. But in addition to that, psychologically, which is just as important, if not more important, we're all very different. We need that. We need different plans in order to be successful. Some people love lifting heavy. Some people love running. Some people don't have any issues with eating a lot of fruits and vegetables. Some people struggle. They really don't like fruits and vegetables. We have to find ways to get them into their diet. We have to look at each person individually and build a game plan. Our ideology should be, how do I help this individual person? I have a ton of different tools in my toolbox. Which tool am I going to take out? You don't want to be the, the professional in the fitness or health realm or the medical realm who only has a hammer and everything is a nail. And that's what you see more and more and more because because something works doesn't mean it's the only thing that works and doesn't mean it's the best thing. And these people get trapped in their boxes like the carnivore people and the keto people and the vegan people and they own, or the intuitive eating people and they only see one way because it worked for them and it works and they give it to other people and it, and it also works for them. So they get into this like weird groupthink mentality or maybe it's a cognitive dissonance thing where it goes, well, I spent so much time learning about this and it works for me. And they sort of convince themselves it must be the only answer because, or else why would I have done this? It's like when you pick a college, it's like I went to Penn State University, so it must have been the, the best university and the best experience I could have had. No, you could have went to you know, Ohio State University or Rutgers and still had a great time. It's still a great experience. It's just the one that you chose. So we have to come to grips with that. There is no one right diet. There are certainly diets that are better for different people based upon, again, their health history, any issues that they have, their propensity to stick with that diet, their chance of adhering because of uh, nuances that they have, things they like and things they don't like. And that's the same thing in exercise and fitness. I don't give everyone the same workout plan. It has to be based upon my client's needs and their goals, but also their their likelihood to adhere to that program. I have to give them some things they like. Of course, we want to challenge ourselves sometimes and go out of our comfort zone. That's part of fitness. But you could also do that by doing exercises that they like, but just pushing them, right? So you don't have to say, hey, I know you hate running, but we have to run once a week. No, if, if they like doing whatever, uh, you know, swimming instead, we'll just make some of the swimming programs much harder. Don't just have them swim regular laps, right? Do different things. Have them tread water. Have them... Have them do uh, weighted stuff inside of the water. There's there's different ways to challenge people inside of things that they like instead of always trying to move them outside of their comfort zone. It's okay to move them outside of their comfort zone here and there, but ultimately we have to get people to adhere and stick with something. Health and wellness is a long-term goal for all of our clients, even if they don't tell you otherwise. That is the one That is the one time we can say to our clients, I'm sorry, I don't care what your goals are. I don't care if you come to me with short-term goals. My obligation as somebody who works in health and fitness and wellness and medical is for your long-term health and wellness and safety. And I have to always think about that. So I'm going to I'm gonna make sure that you don't get injured. I'm going to make sure that I can give you things that you enjoy. I'm not going to push you to your limits. And I'm going to do the right thing as a health and fitness professional to make sure that I'm helping you long-term because that always has to be the goal. This has been an episode of the Truly Fit Podcast. Thanks for listening in. Thanks for joining us on the Truly Fit Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review on your listening platform, and feel free to email us. We'd love to hear from you. Social at trulyfit.app. Thanks again.